What's up, Dunwoody? Today's guest is Tom Lambert. Tom is our council member for District 3 at large. We recorded this episode almost two months ago, so a couple things won't make sense. In the first part, we talk about the upcoming election, and we leave out a few of the most recent candidates. In part two, we mention the Village Overlay meeting. Just ignore that, and I'll try to get caught up with some of these older recordings. We've got some great stuff to post in the near future, including conversations with Adam Friedman, Alan Mothner, Hayward Westcott, Hans Appen, Jerry Weiner, Lauren Townsend, and many more. Okay, maybe not like many more, but like five more. We've got some quality stuff coming. If you're new to the show, here's a little recap. We started the show to get to know the local leaders, the business owners, and the nonprofits around Dunwoody and sit down with the individuals that make a mark on the community. I think the show is popular because me and Justin don't know everything about Dunwoody. The dumb questions we ask are for our benefit, but hopefully you learn the answers right along with us. My favorite review of the show is when somebody says, you always ask the questions that I'm thinking. My name is Matt Weber. I'm the Dunwoody Realtor Dude. If you're looking at homes online for any reason, I want you to check out our website. We've just recently added an awesome plugin that'll pull directly from the MLS feed. What that means is what you see on our site is actually for sale. It's actually listed. You won't waste your time with older listings that are priced incorrectly. I'm really happy with it. I want you to check it out. Since we started the show, I've tried to keep my career separate from what's up Dunwoody. I mean, I mentioned that I'm a realtor on every episode, but that's about it. Now I can provide actual real estate information on the website. You don't even have to tell me you're looking at a home. Just watch the listings, get to know the market, and then call me when you have any questions. I'd love to help you out. Justin Dyke is my co-host. Justin is my brother-in-law and founder of PoolDues.com. If you haven't noticed, over the past month or so, he has gone full throttle on content creation for the website. This podcast and Facebook is mostly me, but everything else you see is Justin. The videos, the artwork, the functionality of the website, all JD style. He's awesome about getting on video and taking photos of guests and locations when we record on site. He writes most of the articles. His Onion-style satire posts on the website are bringing in lots of traffic. I think that we're creating something really different that the city was missing. Uh, might not ever make us rich, but we're going to have a good time along the way, so thanks for joining us. Brad Friedman and Village Orthodontics is our podcast sponsor. We rented out a theater at the Springs Tap House for the new Rise of Skywalker when it comes out in December. And since then, Brett's been watching the whole Star Wars series for the first time to get ready for the new one. If you'd like to accompany us to the opening night of Rise of Skywalker, uh, hit up the website and sign up for our newsletter. In our conversation with Tom Lambert, we talk about DeKalb County Schools, which is something very important to Tom. We discuss volunteering and what led him into local politics. We ask him about Captain Kingsley and wearing tights in public. In part two, we get into the village overlay overhaul, uh, possible park bonds, and the Brook Run Amphitheater. But here's part one. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. All right, so we're here with um, City Council member Tom Lambert. We haven't really written down what we're going to talk about today, but we're just going to roll with it. But we're crossing you off our list of city council people we've talked to. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it was a game. I hope, I hope well, it's not like Arya Stark's list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is a lot like that list. Well, we talked to Jim. We've talked to Pam. We've talked to... Is that it? No. Talk to the mayor. Uh, yeah, 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 you're right. That yeah, counts. Yeah, yeah. So we're, I think we got two more after you then. Right? Yeah, we do have a few more, but... Yeah. Um, hey, rewind us all the way back. What, what got you started on, you know, yeah, volunteering? Well, why to, take this job? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a very good question. Um, it, it all happened organically for me. Um, I just got very involved with the community uh, early on, really when my kids were young. Uh, it started with the schools. Um, got involved with um, my kid. My, ch- my son started at Kingsley in pre-K. Jumped right in, got on as the chair of the Charter Council there. Uh, was very active at Kingsley for, while both my kids were there. 
moved on to, to Kittredge, was PTA president there. And, you know, it just kind of once you're in that that groove, people know, OK, here's a guy that we can we can. This guy's a sucker. <laughs> That's what I, I, the, the people that don't know how to use the word know. Right. Yeah. It's like, hey, will you do this? Okay, yes. But but I, I really did I did enjoy it a lot. Uh got a lot of, you know, personal uh, pride out of the stuff we did and um it was it was it was great, but and that just kinda led to it, it like I said, it was very organic. It just started leading to other things. Now you're involved with the community and you start networking and meeting people and say, like, Hey, there's something going on here that, that interests me. So let me get involved with that, and uh, that led to other things. I, one of the things I did there at, at Kingsley was the uh, the walk to school, started the Safe to School movement and the Walking Wednesdays, and then kind of took that citywide, and 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 that kind of led to me getting on the Sustainability Committee, and then it just starts to snowball after that. And Didn't then, you wear tights at that point? Is that right? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Uh, no one knows. Yes, yeah, so we have Captain Kingsley over Kingsley, and... No one quite knows the identity of that. Oh, so superhero. somebody wore tights. Like, we, can't, we can't figure it out by body type. <laughs> that looks a lot like Tom's body. <laughs> uh, and, and just like uh, maybe Batman, there's been a there's been a few different actors that have portrayed that superhero. Yeah, not, and not all with the same body type. You're exactly right there. <laughs> but the, but I will say that the tights version was a a later version of Captain Kingsley that was probably more suitable to be. Uh, with his body type to be wearing tights. Uh, yeah, the tights prior prior you, versions, so. uh, tights wasn't in there. It was more of a loose sweat pad. Oh, <laughs> just uh, underwears, like the original Robin? <laughs> no, no, not definitely not that. No, a nice long pair of uh, blue sweatpants. Nice, nice. Okay, so you, you did that, and then how did you get on city council? Or why did you get on city council? Well, there's a lot of things, uh, you know, like I said, you get involved in the community and um, just wanted to be a part of shaping the future of the city. And, and and it wasn't when I started this thing, it wasn't anything that was a goal of mine. I was just like I said, it all happened organically. And um, I saw, you know, when Doug Thompson decided he wasn't going to run again, I just saw that as an opportunity to, to to get in and, you know, had the conversation with my wife and said, hey, yeah, I'm bored with this because if she wasn't, the, the, the break stopped right there. But she, it was funny. The first day she was kind of hesitant. She's like, well, I don't know. And then, but the next, by the next morning, she's already planning all the campaign stuff. And so, oh, so I was like, I guess that means you're in. So she's like, how much do they pay again? <laughs> yeah, you're definitely not doing oh, it very for the money. little. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's, uh, but it's, it's been great. I, you know, so, you know, like I said, I wanted to be a part of, sh- there's a lot of exciting things happening in the city right now. And I just wanted to be a part of shaping the future of the city. And Are you up for re-election this term? Not this no? term, okay. no. Uh, I, I have two more years on my term. Uh, this year is the at-large, uh, which is the citywide. Uh, you, there's still district representatives for one, two, and three, but the entire city votes for each of those. I'm, I'm the local representative, so only my district votes. So there could be a little reshuffle in the fall. And so at-large is John, Lynn. John, Lynn, and Terry currently. And now, Terry. Terry, of course, has already announced he's running for mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, he had to vacate his seat to do that. So, um, so if he loses, he's out of luck. He's out of luck. No more city council. Yeah, and Stacy Harris has already announced uh, that she's running for that seat. She'll be good there. So yeah, I know Stacy. I worked with her in sustainability. Yeah, she's great. Um, and um, John has already announced he's running. Um, I don't know if Lynn has formally made an announcement yet. I'm not aware of that. So Lynn is now running for mayor, and there have been a couple others announced that they're going to run for those other two council spots. You know, qualifying isn't until August, and of course, qualifying is when you actually go in to the city clerk and. Pay your qualifying fee and How actually get that? on the ballot. It's it's a percentage of your salary. Uh, what? It, and it's it's it comes out to a couple hundred dollars. It's nothing. 
because salary ain't that big. So, <laughs> so the fee isn't that big. It's a couple hundred dollars to qualify to get on the ballot. And, and you know, last, last cycle when, when I ran, things were real quiet leading up to qualifying. It didn't look like, and then every seat, was, every race was contested. So sometimes people, you know, maybe it's strategy where they wait, or maybe it's just, hey, you know what? <laughs> so for a while, you thought you were going to be unopposed. You're like, I got this. I, I, I did. I thought I was unopposed, and, and I had a, I had an opponent. You know, and honestly, you know, as a candidate, you're like, you know, oh, great. Now, yeah. <laughs> you know, if, you, if I'm being honest, you, as a candidate, you don't want to have an opponent. But I think for, for the city and, you know, for democracy, it's, it's the best thing because, you know, I think the worst thing for the community is just going in and having only one choice. So having choices and having, you know, different opinions out there is good. And, and it helps keep the candidates honest as well because now, now you've got to get out there publicly and, and it gives uh, the community more opportunities to meet the candidates as well. So, Well, and we do want to kind of push a get out the vote thing in the fall because I, I heard, what was it, only like 5,000 people voted for mayor last time, which is really nothing, you know. Yeah, do you know how many votes you got? Do they say that? The the exact number? Mm-hmm. It was it was in the thousands. It was... Um, um, I don't know. I, I don't remember. I knew it that night because yeah. <laughs> we were counting all the all the districts. I, to be honest with you, I've, I've forgotten the exact number. But that's not how democracy works, Matt. <laughs> they don't know the votes. <laughs> yeah. well, technically, all you need is one more than the other person, right? So, but uh, but um, no, it was the, the the turnouts are historically low, especially for the local elections because they're off of the big election cycle. It's we're not voting for president. We're not voting for governor. So in these off cycle elections. Turnout is low, and it, it's disappointing, really. I mean, it's because it is important. I mean, and most of the things that impact our daily lives happen on a local level. Yeah. And so it, I hope that people get out and, and vote. And it, it's, it is important. And you know, that's why I told all, all my friends, you know, you know, that I was like, please just get out there and vote. Get out there and vote. Get out there and vote. So, um, yeah, I, I would encourage all Dunwoody citizens that are registered to vote to get out there. It's, it is important. Yeah, and I love that at the local level, it's not red or blue, you know, it's just kind of I, I do I what's like right for the city. It takes a lot of unnecessary drama out of out of the situation and, and you could just focus on issues and not worry about aligning yourself with a, with a party or a or philosophy or anything. You can just say, hey, this, this, this is right for this reason or this is wrong for this reason. All right. yeah. yeah, that's good. Maybe on the new website, we put a little section that's just candidates or something like that. To, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do, we'll do our part for democracy. <laughs> All right. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I don't know if I've ever voted for city council. I'm pretty sure I have not. Hmm. So this I don't think first time. You did not get, get my vote. Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm out of here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I, I would have voted for you. I, I always vote for the guy that has the nickname in quotes, like, you know, Steve, Steve-O Harris or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that seems like the cool thing. seems fun. Yeah, what what if the nickname's kind of goofy, though? I don't know. Is that, uh, would that change your idea? Maybe a little bit, yeah. <laughs> His well, na- if his nickname's like Cannonball, you know. Like. <laughs> Actually, though, that might. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's just the uh, the king of the pool in yeah. summer, right off the high dive. Yeah. Yo, I voted for propane this season. <laughs> Matt Blankenship could run on Cannonball. Cannonball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's good at him. Um, so when you started, what was your you know platform? How did you what what did you really want to change when you came in as a city councilman? Well, kind of my campaign platform was building the Dunwoody of tomorrow today, and and the kind of the idea I had behind that was you know we've been at that time we've been a city ten years we've been a city ten years and done a lot to kind of catch up because you know there was decades of neglect from DeKalb County and things just basic infrastructure needs that had to be satisfied, and I think the city's done a good job of doing that. And now we're at a point where as a city it's kind of time to 
take the training wheels off, if you will, and start Ooh, moving forward like into it. into bigger projects, more than just the basic services, and, and starting to really shape the future of our city and do a lot of things that I hear the residents calling for, you know, stuff like trailways and redeveloping uh, certain areas of the community in, into, you know, placemaking type of ideas where we're creating spaces for the community to get together and, and embrace things and, you know, dining areas, entertainment areas and so those are the types of things that i'm hoping that we can take a more active leadership role in promoting through the city and, and sometimes it's tricky uh because if you don't own the property you can't <laughs> go in there and say hey do this right uh but but i think there are things that the leadership can do to promote that um you know we can control the things we do like maybe the infrastructure around an area that might help develop an area in the way we want and also in the zoning decisions we make yeah um well, it's like those outlying parcels in, in the perimeter mall area. Like, I guess in, you guys could have been like, no, we don't want anything like that. But, you know, giving the developer the go ahead to say, yeah, yeah. It seems like what people are interested in now, those little mini Avalon type things. Right. Yeah. So obviously, you know, High Street uh, is supposedly coming soon. We've It's been coming soon for a decade <laughs> because that was actually approved before we were even a city so that's been sitting on but they've they've got their website up and they say yeah we're, we're coming and and that, that's certainly going to be a game changer in the perimeter area that's uh it is going to be dunwoody's avalon it's actually being developed by the same company that same developed people, avalon yeah. yeah so they should just call it dunwoody's avalon <laughs> <laughs> little avalon little uh, mini avalon so yeah but i know a lot of people are excited about that and the potential it has and, and i am too i think it's going to be you know great and 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 that where it's located is is the perfect place for that. Yeah. You know, and all our density and, and that kind of development in the perimeter center next to the MARTA is, is, is where it belongs, and, and I think it'll be great. Let Sandy Springs bring their money in and give it to us. Right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we need a Tesla dealer over there. That's always the, like, just as Avalon has one. Well, yeah, one. yeah, in an Apple store. Yeah. Well, no, we do have an Apple store, so. But it's in, in the nice mall. Store. It's in the mall. Take it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what else is going on in Dunwoody right now? I heard you talk a lot about the school systems. I think a lot of our fans would, or listeners, fan, I fan. said fans. <laughs> I said fan that was plural. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, our yeah. listeners would enjoy this little bit of school talk. Yeah, so obviously the schools schools are always a, a hot topic and, a, and a, an emotional topic, really. Um, and You've kind of thrown yourself in the middle of it. Or, I did. You got thrown into the middle of it. I, I, I decided somebody needed to kind of take the lead on this and... Organize and and put it together and and so I said well might as well be me that's kind of why I got in this not to sit on the sidelines but to hopefully make a difference so now that your son's out of school you <laughs> he's he's officially graduated he's out of the Cab County school so he picked up his diploma two weeks ago so now I'm safe <laughs> you now you're allowed to cause problems that's right that's right no but I've always been like I said kind of schools is what got me to where I am today my involvement with the schools uh, so I've kind of been through this quite a few times, some of the different things. And, and, it, and the, the discouraging thing to me is we're dealing, just constantly regurgitating the same issues and, and not seeing any sort of long-term solutions. Um, and it's frustrating. Uh, you know, the, the overcrowding is nothing new. You know, trailers are supposed to be temporary solutions, but they've been on our campuses for two decades. And the proposed solution for the current issues with overcrowding is more trailers. And you know, it, like I said, it's supposed to be temporary, but it, it's not. And so we need to come up with a more permanent solution uh, that, you know, to help help the kids, you know, get get the facilities they need that are conducive to learning. When you see those ramps going into the trailer that look very permanent, that's when you start wondering, wait a minute. Yeah. I think this is going to be here a bit. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's you know, in the, the state has requirements that these are pr- temporary structures, but they also have plenty of loopholes 
to grant waivers and, and allow them to stay longer. So, so the problems we're facing, you know, and I, I talked a little bit of this, about this at a DHA meeting a little while back, is I, I think the best approach is a multi, multi-faceted approach, multi, you know, taking different angles at it. You know, there's certainly things we could do locally. And locally, I think it's important that we have a unified voice because um, unfortunately, you know, the, way back when they built Dundee Elementary School, and it was actually the fourth and fifth grade academy when that was built, um, and that was really the last time we dealt with any kind of redistricting, and it it got pretty ugly. I'll be honest with you. There was, you know, people have an emotional tie to their schools, and you understand that. And so, people when they're talking about, well, I'm going to move you out of this school and put you into this school, you know, we we didn't portray ourselves in a very positive manner, yeah. and and you know, and. Quite honestly, if, if I was the Cab County school system and looking at Dunwoody and we're fighting amongst ourselves, you know, they're like I, they don't know what they want. They don't know what they want. So how are we supposed to give it to them? So I think it's very important that we come together as a community. And if you know, obviously, no one's ever going to agree 100. percent But if we can come up with a consensus that we believe this is the best for the for all of our kids, not just you know Vanderland or Austin or Dunwoody or you know any particular school, but this is in the best interest of everybody. And then and then take those ideas to the cab. Um, and, and so my my idea on a local level is to organize um, some groups that we can get the community together, hear hear their thoughts, hear their priorities, that we could come up with a priority list and, and go to the cab county and say, okay, listen, these are the things that are most important to our community. How do we how do we get there? How do, how do we resolve these? What's on that list for you right now? Well, obviously the biggest issues is facilities and overcrowding. And that's also one of the most difficult because, you know, you can't just, you know, wave a wand and have a new school there tomorrow. It takes millions of dollars. It takes land. It takes a whole bunch of issues. So it's, these are not easy problems. But I think we need a very, we need a defined plan and a defined route to get there. And I don't see that right now. You know, Cab County Schools has a $1.2 billion, I think they just approved their budget on Monday, I think it's $1.1 billion a year. To put that in perspective, I believe there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 336 sovereign nations on planet Earth. <laughs> and if you take the annual operating budgets of all those ca- countries uh, and rank them, the Cab County school system would rank 314th, I think. So the Cab County's budget is more than 17 countries. Wow. And this is a single county school system. So that kind of puts in perspective the amount of money we're talking about. And then on top of that, there's there's hundreds of millions of dollars in SPLOS. And now they're proposing perhaps even more money through bonds. Uh, so We've got to just stop throwing money at the problem. We've got to actually come up with solutions and have a defined plan of how we're going to get out of this mess. Because and, and this mess didn't happen overnight. It's not going to be, unfortunately, solved overnight. But what we need is is a very defined plan and action steps that we can take to get there. And so that's that's really what we need to start working with the county on. Those, yeah. those countries need to sign up for Uber make a little money on the side. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Step it up. Probably lazy. Yeah, so, so locally, that's what I want to do. I want to get the community together, hear what's most important, prioritize our tasks, and, and work, work with the school system. I don't think that's something we've really done very well. Um, we, we're very good at complaining about the school system, but, you know, we need to work with them. Um, and hopefully, we've got to try. I don't know if it'll be effective, but we've at least got to try that. And then there's things we could do at the state level, uh, working with our locally uh, our state representatives, because there's changes that need to be made at the state level, in my mind. I mean, the school, uh, state board of education has all of these policies and procedures, but they're very flexible. And and DeKalb County play, applies for tons and tons of waivers to standards every year. And I think that 
they should be held more accountable to that. And not so easy to just get out of all these. I mean, none of the campuses on and don't really fit the the guideline uh, the standards set by the state. And you know, I I understand that we're we're kind of a little bit landlocked and and but there the, you know there's there's a million other waivers that are occurring. So we just got to work at the state level to try and hopefully make some change there as well. To me, it seems like a design flaw because we can always build up. So have you seen those buildings that are just modularly designed where it's like, okay, now we just, we're going to go one more floor up. Right. It seems like if every school was built that same way, because yeah, they got no problem just bringing in extra trailers. Well, okay, make something like a trailer that you can just put up on top of the roof. Now you got one more floor, you know? Right. And, and they've done that. They've done that in some areas. And, and a lot of the new schools are doing that. When they rebuilt Chambly, they, they did it with multiple levels. And yeah, but you got to think when you bring in more kids, you got to have a bigger cafeteria. You got to have a bigger gym. You got to have more plumbing. And Well, then you go to the cafeteria on the fourth floor. Yeah, that's true, I guess. <laughs> you know, and, and part of the problem where we're at today is. Wait, know, by the way, I am not an architect. I don't know anything about design. But I'm just saying, if you kept putting. No need for the up. disclaimer. I think people understood. <laughs> It just take those. Uh, where are they doing that in, in certain countries? Taking the uh, the freight containers yeah. and just stacking yeah. them up yeah. and yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And I don't think that would work too well with the schools. But uh, but yeah, no. I mean, you know, part of the problem too is is just been we've the county is the school system is known this bu- this population bubble has been coming you know for years and have done nothing to get ahead of it. They've just waited for it to come, and, you know and. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, quite honestly, in the next year because Dr. Green, superintendent, has announced he is not going to look for renewal. So, uh, in essence, we have a lame duck superintendent. Um, I hope he works hard this last year to, to address some of these issues and, and he just sprints to the finish line, not walks there. Um, and I, I'm really, uh, it's going to be real important what decision the school board makes on, on the next leadership is for the county as well. It's going to be critical. Yeah, because it is interesting. If you're looking at Overall, we're is it underpopulated, right? Like the the schools are undercrowded, but our two northern, with region one, region two, are severely overcrowded. They are, and so I wonder if they look at it big picture and they're like, oh, we're about right, you know? Averages out. Yeah, it averages out. But one one of the problems that that school system has is is they operate on a an equality thing. So whatever we do for this region, we got to do for this region, whether or not. This region desperately needs something, and, th- and this one doesn't. So, I, I think it's a mindset that has to change at the county level. It's like, listen, just because we have a need here, and they don't—if they don't have that same need, you know, out in Arabia Mountain, there's no need. You don't need to sp- invest in giving them something that we desperately need if they've already got it. So, right. um, so it's it's a mindset that needs to change at the county level. You know, uh, prioritizing just based on need and not on where you're located. So hopefully, hopefully that even the city level too, because Chestnut should have gotten fixed a while back and they got skipped. It did. So yeah. It's not just the county. It's a little bit of everything. Well, yeah, but again, those are all decisions that are made by the school system. We, oh, the really? city has absolutely no control over what the schools do. Um, so we can hopefully get involved in that decision and, you know, and advocate. And that's really what I'm hoping this new group that I'm going to put together will do is advocate for the city, but we don't have any, authority over the schools so we will but hopefully by working together with the school system sitting down with the board members and the decision makers um you know and and the and the central office staff hopefully we can move towards some positive change that's desperate i can help you get the word out we can do that we we, we will absolutely do that yeah there will be a there will be a community meeting coming up soon i'm still working out kind of the final details of that but i'll absolutely uh let you guys know and get the word out because I want as many people as possible to come. Assemble the Avengers, right? That's it. (laughs) 
That's it for part one. Make sure you subscribe to the show to get part two right when it comes out. Not sure how to do that? Just pull out your iPhone and tell Siri, subscribe to What's Up Dunwoody Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,